Chapter 9 of the Red Cross Girls with the Italian Army. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. The Red Cross Girls with the Italian Army by Margaret Vandercook. Chapter 9 An Odd Household. One morning, about a week later, a little before noon, Nona, seeing the door of the drawing room at the villa partly open, slipped quietly in. She was warm and a little exhausted, and this room, with its dark old walls, its faded colors and soft lights, was always restful both to one's nerves and body. Nona felt much better since her visit to Sonia, but not so well as she ordinarily did. Perhaps she had been more worn out than she or anyone else, except Dr. Latham, had suspected, or perhaps her stay with Sonia had been slightly disappointing. For one thing, three days after her own arrival, Carlo Navarra had also appeared at the villa. He was not supposed to have been sent out so soon, and was hardly well enough to leave the hospital. But Dr. Latham had telephoned that the boy's depression had gotten on everybody's nerves, even at the hospital where one was supposed to become accustomed to other people's sorrows. But except to answer questions in monosyllables, Carlo had never spoken since Nona's conversation with him. He had talked very little since his arrival at Sonia's. However, since talking was so difficult for him, neither Sonia nor Nona were anxious for him often to make the attempt until he grew stronger. But otherwise he appeared entirely patient and grateful, and whatever he may have been feeling, for the present made no complaints. He spent most of the time in his own room, lying quietly upon the bed with his face to the wall, as he had when Nona first discovered him. Only now and then, because Sonia insisted, he would permit himself to be wheeled out on the piazza of the villa, and lie there in his chair with his eyes closed, or else staring with no expression of interest at the enchanting summer landscape. Dr. Latham had insisted that he be kept in the sunshine as much as possible, for he had been a number of weeks in a hospital near the frontier before being sent on to Florence. For the past hour Nona had been in the kitchen of the villa trying to cook something to tempt Carlo's appetite. In helping to take care of him she felt that she was still going on in a small measure with her work, even while supposedly taking a holiday. Of course Sonia did not wish her to do such tiresome work at such a time and when the heat was so great, but there seemed no one else Sonia did not know how to do invalids' cooking, and Nona had taken the training as a part of her Red Cross work. And while Nanina, Sonia's housekeeper, was an excellent cook after the Italian fashion, the dishes she prepared were not what Nona considered the proper ones for an invalid. So Nona was trying to make herself believe that it was the fact that she was continuing to keep busy when she was not feeling well that kept her halfway depressed and halfway cross. Nona really knew the truth. It's not the presence of Carlo and Sonia's household who annoyed her, but Bianca's. For two days after her own arrival, Nona had made up her mind that she did not like Bianca, nor did she like Sonia's interest, almost her affection for the younger girl. This morning, entering the sitting-room at the villa and expecting to find it empty, Nona was immediately aggravated to behold Bianca already there. She was seated in a high carved chair, dressed in a delicate pink muslin and embroidering on a square of white linen. 
she looked so cool and serene it was small wonder that nona who was hot and tired became irritated surveying bianca she had a mental picture of herself with a big apron over her cotton dress for she was not wearing her nurse's uniform at the villa her face flushed and perspiring and her hair flying then she knew that sonia was trying to induce carlo to allow her and the young italian peasant boy who came to help him dress and undress to take him outdoors fortunately there was a small sitting-room on the ground floor which sonia had adopted as a bedroom for her invalid guest finally nona recalled the vision of nanina bianca's mother when she had last seen her in her kitchen a few moments before nanina had been scrubbing and was in the state to which this occupation ordinarily reduces one moreover she was preparing luncheon at the same time which meant that she kept getting up from her knees on the back porch and coming into the kitchen to hang over the stove for a moment and then go back to her task no wonder nona felt the contrast so keenly she had never before spoken to bianca in the least disagreeable fashion although she had several times felt inclined to do so now she said rather sharply well bianca it seems to me that you might find something more useful to amuse you at least during the morning than embroidering considering how busy the rest of us must be in reply bianca merely glanced calmly up with that quiet detached air which nona was finding constantly more aggravating i don't know what i could do that is more useful eugenio is needing new linen his have worn out while at camp i have always marked his things ever since i was a little girl besides i have told you that my mother will not allow me to assist in the rough work and your friend madame sonia understands this and has agreed that i go on living here as i have done in the past otherwise my mother would not remain with her bianca spoke very gently and politely but somehow this did not make nona feel any differently moreover what bianca said was entirely true and this was one of nona's secret grievances some days before sonya had told her about the same thing however after being in the house twenty-four hours no one need be told bianca occupied the same pretty bedroom across the hall from sonya's which had been hers in the days of the donna elisabetta ate her meals at the table with sonya waited upon her by her own mother and accepting the situation as though it were a matter of course somehow the whole situation jarred upon nona it was not that she felt herself superior in any possible way to bianca this was not the question what nona resented most was bianca's cool acceptance of her mother's self-denial and unreasonable devotion nona spoke of this fact to sonya and sonya agreed with her but dear she explained we have to excuse bianca a little because she has never known anything else it seems that her mother has insisted that she occupy a different position from herself ever since the child's babyhood and the family here at the villa must have agreed the fact is that bianca really is so different it is hard to believe nanina is her own mother but i'm sorry you do not like the child's living here so intimately with us i didn't know nona that you were ever to be with me when i allowed it and bianca is really very sweet and helpful to me in a good many ways but because all of this speech of sonya's was so true this did not make it the more agreeable to nona she had noticed almost at once just how useful bianca made herself to sonya in the gentle most subtle fashion she always appeared to know what book sonya wished to read what chair she might like to occupy 
and where it should be placed she brought the older woman flowers and arranged them in a lovely fashion in every room in the villa besides she was as fragrant and as ornamental as a flower herself and was never out of temper or impatient moreover bianca seemed without obtruding the fact grateful to sonya and deeply admiring of her by contrast nona could not but appreciate her own deficiencies in her relation to her friend there were so many things bianca did for sonya which she had never thought to do in the past year they had lived together moreover she and sonya had more than once had differences of opinion and nona had made no effort to hide her point of view she was devoted to sonya of course and expected her to understand it but after all sonya owed her no possible obligation except that their mothers had once been friends if she wished to care for bianca as much or more than she cared for her she had every right it was true that nona had done all she could for sonya in those tragic days in russia when sonya's liberty and life were both in danger but no one wishes to secure affection through the remembrance of past favors there was another point concerning bianca in which nona and sonya also failed to agree this struck nona as serious but evidently sonya felt there must be a possible simple explanation soon after her arrival at the villa nona had apologized to her friend for having gone alone with eugenio soli to look at his studio but sonya had appeared surprised when nona spoke of bianca's having come with a message that she returned to the villa immediately sonya shook her head dear you must have misunderstood in some way what bianca said to you how could i have had any way of knowing where you were since i had not stirred from the lawn and none of the others came before you did however i am just as glad you did misunderstand bianca for i do not like your having been in the studio alone italy is not the united states and even there you should have had a chaperone as nona did not wish to argue this question she said nothing more nevertheless she was not at all convinced that she had misunderstood bianca's message as a matter of fact she was sure she had not but what reason could bianca have for wishing her to come back to the villa and how did she know where to look for her when she had remained on the lawn with sonya and dr latham and the princess the circumstance was something of a mystery to nona but she had made up her mind that bianca might prove a mystery in more ways than one just because she looked so gentle and suggested such entire simplicity all the more difficult she might be to fathom you seem very fond of signor eugenio nona remarked at this moment she was very annoyed at this too because she had no idea of making the speech to bianca at this moment the younger girl looked up of course i am i am more fond of him than of any one in the world now the donna elizabetta is gone more than your own mother nona expostulated at this time bianca did flush slightly oh the case is different it has been my mother's choice that i should have as little as possible to do with her i do not understand the reason any better than you do but it has been like this ever since i could remember nona had dropped down in a chair and was idly turning over the pages of an italian newspaper i don't suppose it has been so very difficult for you has it bianca but it must be a pleasure to you that your foster brother is having so long a leave if he comes this afternoon suppose you see him alone you may tell him that i am too tired for a walk 
it is not necessary i presume for me to act as your chaperone it is only best that you should be mine i have not meant to annoy you bianca answered slowly her face now almost concealed by being bent toward her sewing oh you have not annoyed me nona returned carelessly only i have not been able to help noticing that you preferred being with signor zoli more than with paolo i suppose that is why you came to seek for us that afternoon at the studio but before bianca could reply nona became conscious that sonya was standing in the doorway and frowning upon her i am surprised at you nona she said slowly i could not help overhearing your last speech please don't quarrel then she turned to the other girl i wonder bianca if you would mind going out and reading to carlo for a little while your italian must be a pleasure to him after nona's and mine which is so impossible then when bianca had gone quietly away sonya lingered as if she expected nona to say something in answer to her reproach however nona pretended not even to see her a little later going on upstairs to her room nona made up her mind that she would not remain long at the villa felice unless a number of things were altered End of chapter nine